0: Welcome to It's a Girl's Life, the number one podcast empowering college girls to become the creators of their own stories. Join us as we dive into campus life, balancing health and having fun, unraveling the secrets of adulting, and tackling our own unique experiences. Through engaging interviews, we'll discover the keys to unlock living your best life, one conversation at a time. So grab your favorite coffee in one hand, hit the subscribe button with the other, and get ready to conquer college and beyond. Here, girls learn not only how to survive, but to thrive, and of course, keep it real while doing so. Hello, hello! Welcome to part one of the redefining decade a new it's girl's life podcast series of episodes to empower girls in their 20s to redefine how she views her career finances her story and self-care in her 20s in honor of my 20th birthday in july i am sharing the interviews to help us approach adulthood one percent better not in your 20s yet don't you worry these conversations are still relevant to you they're going to help you plan and exchange future you Well, thank you a ton so, before we tune into this episode with Erin, I am so excited that she is literally coming on the podcast. I want to share my biggest takeaway from this conversation to give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up. So, my biggest takeaway is that if it causes you stress, then you need to take it into your control. Financial stress is definitely a really real thing and it can affect your mental health, your physical health, and your overall general life. So, it is in our power and something we can take to do by ourselves and different habits that Erin's going to teach us about how to really take control of our financial stories. It's really important because, again, if it affects you, then it's important to take advantage, to be aware of, and to take steps every single day or in a routine habit that you can feel like you are the creator of your own story and finance is just another thing that we should add to that list so if you also while you're listening to the podcast and if you like the vibe of the episode and you want to help more girls around the globe also become empowered young women to become the creators of their own stories please 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 leave us a review and rate the show on apple Podcasts, spotify whatever this really does help us reach more girls like you and me and finally Let's pop your AirPods in. Let's grab a good little coffee to drink and enjoy during this episode. And let's finally get real. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the It's a Girl's Life podcast. I am really excited because I feel like it's been so long since I've done an interview. And today we have a really fun and special guest i've been following aaron on tiktok for probably a few months now ever since I kind of started like my personal finance personal like growth my phone started playing music and i'm not really sure how that's possible because i was listening to a podcast before this when i was like doing my little workout so anyways we'll cut that part out. but i'm really excited to talk to aaron because she like Made the concept of money and finance something that I feel like is a like predominantly a male type of environment. My brothers both invest investment bankers, so I hear about it from them a lot. But they never take me seriously, <laughs> and I also think that it's just something that people tend to overcomplicate and use vocabulary that doesn't make sense to the regular person, just like scare them off. So I kind of wanted to start this series where like we empower women to know more about personal finances because I've been doing a lot of research and how important it is. We're also like in the household, typically the bigger spender. Um, So it's just great to know about finances as early as possible, which is why I'm so glad to have Erin here. Erin, welcome on to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay, okay. So I wanted to start off by first having you kind of share and walk through your resume. Just kind of tell us like where you originally are from, where you went to college, your major. And then like some of your first few jobs or job, yeah, two jobs, like outside of college, just kind of walk us through.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm currently based in the Pittsburgh area. Um, I'm originally like from around here from like a super, super small town, about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. So um, when I came to college, I moved a little bit closer to the city, but I never really left the Pittsburgh area. Um I studied finance and economics in school and then I stayed to get my MBA. Um I got both of my degrees from a college called Robert Morris University. It's like a small private school in the Pittsburgh area and I went there just because it was like the college that offered me the most like financial aid um and things like that. So, yeah, definitely um keeping like my finances in the back of my mind when I was like choosing colleges and everything. Um but yeah, so I Got my undergraduate degree and my MBA from RMU. Um, out of the school, I started a job very, very briefly with the government. Um, I worked for a government agency called the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. for. I only lasted in that job for like three or four months. Um, the job really wasn't for me. I was like doing a lot of like bank examining, auditing, like financial statement kind of stuff. And it wasn't like what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't a very interesting job. So I ended up changing jobs to go work for a fortune 50 company in their internal audit department. And, um, I got that job just because I interned with that company, like in that department in college. So, um, my manager reached out to me and said that they had an opening and I was starting to hate my first job. So, um, yeah, I went back to my corporate job. Um, I stayed there for, almost two years, um, and that takes us to May of this year where I quit my corporate job to join a fintech startup full time. So um, I guess we can back up a little bit in that time that I was working um, my internal audit job, I started doing social media in the personal finance space something that I've always been really passionate about so I've been a content creator for about a year and a half um and that is how I got my job with the startup so that's what I'm doing currently but yeah I'm only I'm only 24 so I'm only a couple years like post-grad um but yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's so fun to get like a young woman's perspective on just like the whole industry because I feel like a lot of people are like right out of college you want to go right to corporate and then like you did, but then you went to the government. And then you went back to corporate, and then you went to startup. And those those are all like very different types of businesses. You know, you have massive like massive amounts of employees to like a very small amount of employees. And one side, you're getting just a specific amount of like tasks that they do in the office. So now you're probably doing a lot of everything with a startup.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, two completely different ends of the spectrum. Like I said, like my corporate job was at a Fortune 50 company, so like huge, huge company. Um, And now I am actually the first full-time employee at the startup that I'm currently working at. So I joined like super early stage um, for the first like month of me working there. It was just like the founder and I, we we were like the only ones on the team. Um, So yeah, totally different experiences. If it wasn't for like social media, like growing my presence on social media in the personal finance space, um, I wouldn't have like got this opportunity. So that's been really cool. Like our founder reached out to me just because um, he said that a lot of the stuff that I talk about on my social media account is, like, really in line with the mission of the company um, since we are in, like, the fintech space. So, yeah, definitely different experiences. I am also, like, my my role at, like, my official role at my company is their head of marketing, where I said that I studied finance and economics in school. So, very different. Not how I expected my career to, like, turn
0: out a couple years post-grad, um, but I'm really happy with it so far. So, that's so exciting. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the app that you're working with? I know it's called Ditch. And from what I've read a little bit, it's about helping students ditch their debt that they've gotten from like student loans and stuff like that. Um, Just like full transparency. Why don't you share us a little bit about the app, why that's important to you? And I think that'll be really interesting to a lot of the listeners who are in college. They maybe will have student debt outside of college, how they can kind of prepare for that now. I think is as helpful as it can be, just because that's gonna be a big cost after they get out.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um the app, so the app is called Ditch, like you said. Um and the premise of the app is we're helping consumers manage and pay down their debt using AI. Um so it's an AI-based in tech app that um really just like centralizes your debt all in one place. Um, to help you kind of create like a comprehensive debt pay down plan, know where to prioritize like your debt payments first, know how much you should be paying onto your debt. um, And then just kind of like helping you like to hold you accountable for hitting your debt payoff goals. So student debt is just one part of that. Um, we're not necessarily like targeting just students. This is anyone from like you're having credit card debt or you have a mortgage and a car loan and you really just want to like keep a hold of like how much you have left on that loan, where your interest rates are, things like that. Um, so obviously student loans are a big piece of that. And I mean, for young people, a large portion of consumer debt is wrapped in student debt. Um, but if you are in credit card debt, um, auto loans, mortgages, um, you would like find value in our app as well. Um, I joined the Ditch team one, because again, like I talk about financial wellness every day on my page, but I just thought that like debt specifically was an area that I talk about on my page, but I only really talk about it through like my personal debt profile lens. Like I have student debt. I have a little bit of a car loan, but I've never really been in a situation like drowning in credit card debt or any or even my student debt isn't like crazy compared to what a lot of people are facing so I thought that this was a really good way to sort of like be a part of the change that I wanted to see um and be able to kind of like contribute outside of just like my personal experiences because for my social media pages like I'm really only talking about like my experiences um so that's why I joined the dish team. it is like a super important concept and hopefully like a lot of students do find value in it. The app is free to download. We're not in the App Store or the Google Play Store yet, but in the coming weeks our app should be live. So that's really exciting.
0: That is really exciting. and I'm glad you were able to kind of share why you wanted to do that. I think it's really interesting to see like how our, our generation really wants again involved in things they care about um, and like can really make a huge impact. Um, and on my own personal finance journey, I've been learning about, like, the different strategies to kind of, like, be- like, deal with debt and, like, when it happens. Um, what are some ways that you can share with us, broadly speaking, whether it's using the app or other things that like, I've heard about, like, the snowball effect, like, taking the little pieces of debt and, like, starting with the smallest amount? What are kind of your personal favorite strategies and how can people start to implement those as soon as possible?
1: Yeah, definitely. So taking a step back, and I think you asked this question before, and I like didn't answer it. Um, So just like things to be weary about. Um, obviously, like, it's easier to prevent yourself from getting into debt than it is to get yourself into debt and then on the backside, try to get out of debt, right? Like, it's a lot easier to not take the student loans out to begin with than it is to get in a ton of student loan debt and then try to come up with a pay. Plan to pay them off. So I will say, like, I feel like a lot of your um, like audience is probably still in college just like kind of keeping an eye on your student loan balance, like as you're in college and seeing where you're at. Like I know when I was in college, a lot of my friends would make comments saying like, Oh, I have no idea, like even ballpark, like what my student loan balance is. And they're like, they have such a big sticker shock when they graduate and they see that they're in six figure student loan debt. And they thought that it would be like $40,000 cheaper than that. So I will say like, if you are still in college, just like really keeping an eye on that, seeing what you can do to kind of like not take out as much debt as possible whether that be like going to a cheaper university um working through school doing just like different things to try to keep that as low as possible because no one really talks about the fact that like if you get yourself into six figure student loan debt like what the implications are going to be when you graduate like If someone would have told me, oh, if you take out $50,000 worth of student loan debt, that's going to be a $700 payment for the next, what, 15 years after you graduate. They don't talk about it in terms like that. It's just sort of like you go to the college admissions office and it's so normalized to take out six figures worth of debt when you're 18 years old. So just keeping an eye on it on the front side. On the back side, if you have already graduated and you're in X amount of debt, definitely coming up with a plan to pay that off. and like in a timeline that's comfortable for you. Um, you kind of talked about, like, I guess the snowball effect.
0: Yeah, I don't like, know what, if that's, like, the right <laughs> name. I, I, saw I heard about it before. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, like, I, I mean, everyone kind of, like, calls it different things. There's, like, the snowball, like, or, like, the debt avalanche method. It's just basically, like, whatever is going to motivate you to, like, pay your debt offer. So some people say, like, if you're in four different types of debt, maybe it, like, logistically it probably makes the most sense to tackle the debt with the highest interest rate first because then you're ultimately saving the most money in interest but for some people that might not motivate them so what they'll do is they'll take the loan with the smallest balance regardless of the interest rate so let's say one of your loans only has like a thousand dollars to it we will focus on paying that off first because it's like a small win that they can like celebrate a milestone quicker and that'll be their debt payoff method. So it's really just like kind of taking inventory about like what your debt profile looks like and coming up with a plan that's going to motivate you.
0: Right. I think what um, your response makes me think of is how important like awareness is. And I feel like a lot of the like personal development work that I've done also really emphasizes awareness and how it's just important to like, even if it's like mindfulness about like how you feel in the day and how that makes you feel better. It's like being aware of something that's definitely there, but like, whether you think about it or not is like the only determinant of like whether you're in control of it or not. And um, I think that's really important because I never used to think about, I used to think about money just as a number on a paper, but I think it's like a lot more than that because it does affect your feelings, which is what I've been learning Um, And so I think it's really great to, you know, be able to introduce as a concept to young people, because I think people just like, they don't know how to feel about it, like they have heard stories from their parents, maybe they avoid talking about it at the dinner table, or maybe they just know that it's something really stressful, and they just don't want to think about it at all until they have to. Um, And I think that's always helpful, because it's going to be there whether you want it to or not.
1: Yeah, 100%, like, the awareness part is such a big piece of it. I talk about this on my page all the time, like, my one, like, series that I do all the time on my social media accounts is my, like, what I spend in a week videos, and I talk, I talk about how I track my spending every single week in, like, my, like, spending tracker budget template thing. Um, And it comes back to the awareness like I every single week I sit down and like I hold myself accountable for all of the purchases that I made the week prior and it's just like being aware of what you're spending and actually seeing those totals like makes such a difference I feel like. 99% of the population probably doesn't know how much money they spent last month. And like that number might actually be scary. And that's why a lot of people don't do it, but just like being aware of it and like seeing those numbers on paper and being like, wow, I actually spent more than I made last month. If I do that consistently, I'm never going to get ahead. Um, So just like being aware of your financial situation in general, is like such a game changer.
0: Yeah. I really like your videos. You guys have to go check them out if you're listening because they make it actually seem like a, like, almost like you would do like a weekly reset. Like I'm sure a bunch of people have seen those on like TikTok that you would do with like, maybe it's like your goals or something, but these are like a different type of goals that are just as important as like maybe your health goals, your academic goals. So I think um, what I kind of want to ask you is what are two, I mean, that's just not the question. Um, Why do you think it's beneficial to set financial goals? Like when you have a budget and kind of like how that can contribute to like your overall well being? um because i think it's all really interconnected.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the whole like setting financial goals thing is so tricky because Ultimately, like money is only a tool to help you like live the life that you want to live. So I feel like when people think of financial goals, they're thinking about it in terms of a number and that might not be super motivating for people. But I think like what's important to remember is that you need to set the life goal first and then back your way into the number that's going to help you get there. So for example, um I like I mean I'm 24 right so I have six years until I'm 30 so a lot of my financial goals right now are like oh by the time I'm 30 I want to do like x y and z and like there's a number attached to that but I didn't just like throw a number out and like now I'm all like all of a sudden working towards this arbitrary number I have life goals that I want to hit and money is going to need to I'm going to need money to help me get there um so for example like obviously I already quit my corporate job but I still have a full-time job I've always said like by the time I'm 30 I want to be at a place like where I can walk away from my full-time job and solely focus on like my self-employment income and my business and like doing the entrepreneurial thing and I'm going to need money to be able to get there so like I have very like quantified financial goals but it all comes down to like the life goal that helps me like live the life that I want to live. Another good example of this is like I want to take a year to be able to like travel full time. Okay, well, I'm gonna need money to get there. How much money am I going to need to do that? How much will I need to save every year in order to do that? Like those types of things are how you set financial goals. But you need to think about it in terms of like the life goal first.
0: okay. I think that's really helpful. I just need to take you a step back, like, From that and ask like how do you identify how much it could cost because like maybe I want to in the future like be able to fund my own trip to Florida I don't know I'm just like making something up by myself instead of asking my parents for the money to do so I want to buy my ticket I want to get a hotel room and I want to like fund the meals and all that type of stuff um as an example how would you kind of like walk through that
1: okay yeah that's a good question let's Think about so these are what you're saying is more of like a short term. Oh yeah, goals. yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm talking maybe more like mid to long term, but we can talk about short short term goals for sure. So I talk about this a lot on my page too. Something that's really helpful for me when I'm like setting savings goals for like short term mm-hmm. things is I set up what's called they're called sinking funds, and I have them set up in my high yield savings account, which like we can talk about that too if we want to, but. Um, essentially these are like separate savings buckets that you're using to save for different goals. So for example, one sinking fund that I have in my high yield savings account is for holidays. And I like every single month set aside a certain amount of money because around the holidays, I really like to spend money buying people presents, buying like food for parties. Like I like to shop for myself around the holidays because there's like sales going on and all of that stuff. So how I came up with that number was last year on the holidays, I kind of saw like how much money I spent or like how much money I would have wanted to spend. And so I came up with that number, broke it out into 12 months out of the year. And that's how much I needed to save every single month this year in order to hit that goal. So it'd be the same thing with a trip. Maybe you're like, um, okay, I like want to take a trip to Florida in six months um after I look at like sample flights hotels spending money everything I have this number let's divide it by six and now like let's set up a sinking fund in my savings account to be able to save for that every single
0: month got it that makes sense yeah and I just think that's a good example because in college a lot of the I mean a lot of people I would make the generalization that they're still like their parents are providing a lot for their financial situations but I think that it can be really cool if they have like a goal of like oh I want to pay for my spring break trip or like I know my parents won't want to pay for it so I have to kind of figure that out on my own and I just think that's like an interesting topic to talk about and and to break it down how you actually do that because I had no idea how to like attach a number to something that I have no idea how much it costs like all those yeah. types of things so it's good to go over those types of things um sure. another question that i want to ask you kind of on this like budgeting note is that i know that's like a very important part of like being aware as we've talked about um but how do you like i kind of want you to walk through your budgeting like weekly reset routines with us and kind of share with us how that really helps you um or like tools and techniques that you use because i think there's like a big conversation of like do I use like the apps that like help you budget when like, yeah, you can see the circle of like what you're spending on entertainment versus like shopping versus groceries. But does that really help you? I know on your page, you do like have a spreadsheet, um, which provides so much more insights. And since you have to manually put it in, that's a whole different situation. So I just kind of want you to compare like online, someone else does it versus you doing it. What's the benefits of both? What do you suggest?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so there was a lot to that question, but I'll try to bring it down. I tend to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So when I think about budgeting, um, I think about it in like three phases. So the first phase is creating your budget and that happens prior to the month starting. The second phase is tracking your spending. And then the third step is reflecting. So for the first step, like creating your budget Your budget, I feel like people overuse the word budget and they put too much emphasis on step one, which is creating your budget and not enough emphasis on step two, which is tracking your spending. Your budget is just like an estimate, like it's like a goal for where you want your money to go and like where you think your money should be going. But that's all that it is. It's like a hypothetical goal. It doesn't matter as much as like where your money actually goes. So prior to the month starting, it is important to, like, set a budget and kind of, like, give yourself a guideline of, like, okay, I know I make this much money every single month, so, like, this is how much I should be spending in every single category, just to kind of, like, be mindful about it, but you should be placing more emphasis on, like, tracking your spending and seeing where your money is actually going every single month, because that's what's going to move the needle. So, in my like 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 you said, I use my spreadsheet and like totally not saying like you need to use my template, use whatever template if you I'm gonna link
0: it down below.
1: <laughs> if you use a blank Excel spreadsheet, that works perfectly fine. Or if the apps work for you, that's fine too. But I'll talk about why I don't use the apps. Um, but like in my template, there's like a tab for every single month with like a long transactions thing where you go in and you say, Okay, like. This week I bought groceries for $70. This week I bought gas for $30. And you're like logging all of your expenses as you're making them so that you can see where your money is actually going every single month. And like, when I tell people that I do this, they think I'm absolutely insane. It doesn't take me more than 10 minutes a week. Every single Monday I sit down and like I make a TikTok video on it, which kind of like holds me accountable to do it. Um, But every Monday I sit down and it doesn't even take me 10 minutes. All I do is I pull up my spreadsheet on my computer. I pull up my credit card and like my bank account and stuff and just look through the transactions really quick. Um, And then I log it in my spreadsheet. It's just like a good accountability aspect. Like when you're manually writing down all of your transactions, as opposed to just like pulling up an app and seeing, like, that it's already there, I feel like you're, like, so much more likely to actually, like, think about it and, like, hold yourself accountable for those purchases. So that's why I like the spreadsheet over the apps, um, just because, like, it being manual versus automated is, like, it has been such a game changer for me. I've been budgeting like this for, basically, since I graduated from college, and it's been, like, a good thing for me and then the third step is reflecting that's really important as well like at the end of every month you actually have to like look at the numbers and say okay like I budgeted $200 for groceries this month but I actually spent $300 like why is that what can I do next month to kind of like bring that down like was my budget actually reflective of what it should have been like those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, I think that's really helpful because I think there's so like, like everything right now, there's so much talk and opinions about everything that it gets really overwhelming to even do one thing and try it out. And I think that's a really big problem with everything that's like online, which is great to have it, but there's just too much noise. Um, and then people think that they found like the easy hack to figuring it out with like an app where you just like connect all your bank accounts. But like, if you're not being aware about it and like, you don't have to do anything, you're not going to realize like, that like you don't feel like it's in your power at all. So I really like how you shared about, you know, manually entering them in and you have like a separate connection to that. It's just when my internship this summer, I'm working at a wealth management firm. So I have to do like cash flows and analysis of those, like very basic analysis. And it's really interesting because it's not my money, but it's someone else's. And like looking at, at like all the expenses of this person and how it's like over or under what they actually make it's like a whole different conversation but it's been really interesting to see how that's like a real thing and like once you put it like to put you put the pieces together it's easier to be able to tell um
1: yeah 100% I think like if someone has not been like even remotely paying attention to it for the last like like what is it July right now like let's say someone has not been like tracking anything all year if they were to like open a blank excel spreadsheet or like my template or like whatever and go back into their credit card or like bank account statements for the past six months and physically enter everything i think that they would be like actually shocked at like how it's so easy to spend money and like things add up so so quickly like you don't realize how the twenty dollar like chipotle every sunday or like whatever adds up so quickly unless you're tracking it so like that's what's like been the most impactful for me is just like holding myself accountable and making sure that like all of my transactions don't i mean i still do go over my budget a lot but at least i'm like tracking it and saying right
0: and i think that's also really important just like another lesson i want to pull out from this is like your finances and like your financial like situation is just as important as like setting your health goals, your academic goals. Like they all play so much of a big piece because they all affect you and how you feel from day to day. So if that's the case, like you're going to want to do what you need to do to be able to reach your goals. And like, I know people like myself included, I love to journal like every morning, like this is just a different, like part of a routine than like a habit that you should be building. That's just as important. Um And the earlier the better because you're going to have to deal with it once you get out of college, whether you want to or not, basically.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point too. Like, I think finances are a big point of anxiety for a lot of people. Um, And it comes back to like the awareness aspect, like a big reason why you could be feeling anxiety around your finances is just because you don't have that awareness like you don't feel like you have like a good grasp around your financial situation I know for me like I will start to feel anxious if I'm having like a high spend month maybe like I had a trip or like I'm just like was doing a lot with my friends or at a lot of bills or something like that. If I'm having a high spend month, I just like start to feel really anxious because I feel like I'm spending too much money, but like sitting down and actually facing that and being like, okay, like regardless of what the numbers end up to be, like let's still just put them down like into the spreadsheet and like see the totals and face it. It like relieves a lot of that anxiousness.
0: Right. I agree. And I think it's just a really important concept again to emphasize and like just like hear about because it's becoming like a very normal thing for me to hear about just because I've been like making myself like involve myself in that conversation like I follow a bunch of people like you on TikTok that are like empowering young people to actually like, start realizing but I realize that this is such not a normal thing for like someone who's just entering their sophomore year of college to start thinking about early on so I think it's really important to have this conversation just because like the awareness and the education I always know is like really empowering. And this is just another thing that people need to know about. Um, One thing I would kind of love to pick your brain on is kind of like, what do you kind of getting into like the psychological effects of money and everything? What does like financial freedom mean to you? And also how do you see money being not just like a number, but like, an ex- like I know like people talk about as like, you can think of it as an experience or like, painting that picture, like we kind of talked about with like the life goals and stuff like that. How do you kind of see money in like a, not such a bland or like specific number, numerical kind of way?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so to me, I think financial freedom means like the ability to walk away from things that don't serve you and the ability to fill your day with things that do serve you um and like I'm definitely not at that point at all like that's what I'm working towards um but like if I was financially free I would still work but I would only do work that I genuinely enjoy doing and wake up feeling so excited to do if that makes sense like I think when people, there's like a whole, it's called like the financial independent, independence. Community. Like, yeah. Financial independence, retire early. And it's these people who are doing like crazy things in their twenties and thirties to be able to like have enough money invested to never have to work a day in their life. And I think when people hear that, they're like, Oh, so these people like are in their thirties and they just go like lay on the beach all day. That's not the point. It's the point that like, Okay, you have enough money in the bank to where if you have a toxic boss, you can like literally they call it FU money, you can like go into that boss and say like FU I'm leaving because I have like the support system um, in like my financial system to like be able to walk away from this because it's not serving me anymore. So I would say that that's like what financial freedom looks like for me. And that's like what I'm working towards.
0: I love that. I love that. I think that's so great to like also classify the whole like fire thing. Cause I've definitely heard about that. And I didn't do enough research to really figure out what it meant. Cause I always thought that it was just, they wanted to like quit their jobs and then do nothing. Um, but I get that makes a lot of sense how like the end goal is kind of to be able to have the opportunity to use what you've been working with and towards for something that's like bigger than yourself or just something on your own terms, instead of it being kind of like a, you know, I got to save because, you know, I just, got to get through like the next few days or something like that seems so unmotivating, but to kind of like, see there's like a North star of like somewhere you're trying to get to and why that's so important to you, because that will give you the opportunity. I think that's also like a great way to reframe how people see money just because like, it is about like what it gets you, not what it is. I think.
1: Yeah. 100%. It it, like really does need to be seen as like a toll to like help you live the life that you want to live and like it can't just be seen as like oh now I have all of this money so like cool I'm rich like no it's going to help you like live a better life and help you like fill your life with things that like make you fulfilled um so like that's like the overarching like point to it. Um, which is hard to see when you're just like saving your money every day and like working your job and putting aside a certain percentage of it to like save or invest or do whatever. Um, like you said, light at the end of the tunnel and that's what we're working towards.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love, I love like the clarity that, that, that kind of like provides to the audience too, and how it could be more of a positive thing than such a stressful, like red number of like, eh, you're wrong. Or like you're under or something like that. I don't know. That's what I just visualized <laughs> ransomly, but I'm a big reading person. I don't know if you are, do you have like any of your favorite, like money, financial wellness, like personal finance books for young adults that you've read or suggest?
1: Yes, for sure. That's definitely how, so books and podcasts were how I learned, like I would say 90% of the information that I know. Um, and I was in college when I started reading all of them, um, from the ages of like, I would say 20 to 23, I like just binge read and like binge listen to like money podcast. Um, but, like I was, super, yeah, I was, I was just like super interested in it. um Fair. And now I like, know I feel like I know a lot. um And you'll hear that a lot. Like if you um follow a bunch of people on social media and like they say where they learn, like it's books and podcasts. It's not like we're getting like these fancy degrees. I didn't learn any of this in my like college finance degree or whatever. Like it's all for books and podcasts. Um, So on the book side, Um, some really good ones that like college students slash like young adults would, um, really benefit from the two that I would recommend starting with are called one, I will teach you to be rich. And then two, the simple path to wealth. Um, so I will teach you to be rich is a really good, like financial foundations book, like really just the basics that you need to know in order to like be an adult and like be smart with your money. Um, it goes over everything from like checking and savings accounts to like credit scores, intro to investing, like just like all of the basics you need to know. So that's a really good one to start with, and it's a really easy read. Like I know that sounds like all really dry, but like it's a super easy read. Just like get through it, um, and then the Simple Path to Wealth. If you like, like I don't even want to say if you're interested in investing because I don't think anyone or like most people aren't like interested in the concept of investing. But like, it's something that you need to know as an adult, because like you think of investing as like stock trading or like just these really like nerdy concepts, but investing is anything from like just knowing what to do with your 401k when you start your first full time job. So the simple path to wealth, this guy wrote it for his like teenage daughter, like that's like the target audience for it. And it's just like a really good, like basic like why you should be investing in the stock market um why it's not as scary as it seems and how like you can really just put your money into like an index fund and forget about it and like call it like it's just the bare bones like here's how what you need to know to be like a sound investor and like really get ahead with your money and for a young person to read that is like such a game changer so those are the two to start with I have like many more um my really good friend Michaela she's break your budget on social media um, yeah I know her yeah, she just wrote a book called Own Your Money. Um I have it
0: on my book stack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a really great one. Um the psychology of money is great. I'm reading that
0: right now. It's really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So those are a few to get started. Um and then on, on the podcast side, because I know like not everyone is a reader, Bigger Pockets Money is a really good podcast. Okay.
0: I'll definitely add that. I have like so many on my list. If you have any others, feel free to share because I know I just interrupted. <laughs> no that's okay
1: um i'm trying to think like on the podcast front um yeah i mean there's some like financial independence geared but i feel like bigger pockets money is probably the best like start. like if you're just trying to like learn um that's a good one
0: yeah i think i just want to um extract on what you said before about like you didn't learn any of this in college classes i think that's so important because i mean somebody who's really academic focused myself is that I like I try to do so well in academics because I feel like it's gonna like show me everything I need to know about the world and like the reality is like it doesn't it shows you how to like react to things that happen in the world it shows you how to work hard but it's not teaching you like the fundamentals of like things you actually need to know once you get outside of college and it's the real world um and so I think like as soon as possible for girls to be learning this these concepts just like Hearing about them will help you and you learn so much as you go on. I didn't know anything. And like between like the internship that I've had and now like listening to podcasts, like it's helped me like feel like really confident in topics that I had no idea and felt like I couldn't even say anything at the table. So I think that's really important just to clarify. And the other thing is that I listened to a podcast with, with the guy who wrote I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And I don't remember where who was interviewing him, but he is a good person to follow on Instagram as well because he also has his own podcast and I think he has a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah. he's like good. He He's like very, he makes it very manageable. Same with um, the psychology of money guy. He makes it also very manageable. And then I never heard about the simple way to wealth. And that seems perfect because it's like, you know, we're all girls. So <laughs> I think that will be really good too. I'm just excited. Yeah,
1: I, back to your point on like um, college doesn't teach you like what you need to know for the real world. I wish that I would have spent more time in college um, like learning about like other high value skills outside of just like what I was learning in my classes so like for example I was studying finance like taking my corporate finance classes that I like, literally don't use at all I didn't learn anything I'm learning about like standard deviations and stupid stuff that I'm like never going to use again in my life I wish that I would have taken more time to kind of like find like different skills that interest me and just kind of like learning about them, like take, there's so many free online courses or like super low cost online courses to learn about these like high value skills, like building websites, SEO, like obviously now I'm a content creator. So we learning about like content creation. Um, people will always say like, Oh, I would love to like start a TikTok channel, but I have a full-time job and it's really hard. Like I wish that in college when I had like you'll never have as much free time. even if you feel literally so busy in college like I was the same way I worked all the time like was in a sorority all of this stuff like you'll never have as much free time and as much like brain capacity as you do when you're still in college so like take that and just like learn as much as you can um, whether that be about like your money or just about other like topics that interest you because that'll serve you so well when you graduate.
0: I love that so much and I need to hear that and write that down and like engrave (laughs) it on my head, like literally on my head, my forehead, because like I'm someone again who like gets really stuck in everything in the moment. And if I could just like remind myself the big picture and the big perspective of like this is the time where you are having the most time, even if it doesn't feel like it, to do what you want try new things and take risks. I feel like it just changes the overall experience and makes you really value like the time you're having use it, it wisely. I think that's a great tip. No one's ever came out and said that. So I'm really glad that you came on and shared your expertise this conversation has been like, so like important, impactful. And like, honestly, some topics I'm really passionate about, and I haven't had the chance to interview someone in the finance space, but that's kind of something we're starting now. Um, so I'm really happy that we got started off with you because I mean, I watch your TikTok all the time and I'm just like, love this. I love this. Like I can watch them. Like, you know like you're <laughs> together for like 20 minutes like it's a tv show and like it's just like oh like here's what I spend we, like your like concert <laughs> outfit was so cute to the country concert um but I'm just so like happy we got this conversation to, or this time to talk um and one last question that I like to ask everyone that comes on is what does living your best life mean to you
1: I think that like living my best life just again like means filling my day with the things that like I'm genuinely excited about and like genuinely wake up thinking about if that makes sense. Um so like right now, like in my phase of life that I'm in, that is work. And when I say work, a lot of that is on like the social media side. Um, but that's just because like that's the phase of life that I'm in. Um so like if I was in Let's say like a different phase of my life where I wanted to like be a bit slower and focus on more things like spending time in relationships and like all of that stuff like that would be it. But right now like work is that for me. So it's just like finding your thing that interests you and like finding the thing that literally like you wake up thinking about and you wake up like excited to do. So like that's me living my best life, and I think that's been working for me so far. But it's okay. But but, like that's kind of like like it's okay if that changes. You know, like it's just like it's all about the phase of life that you're in.
0: I love that. I love how we literally touched every single like area of life. We talked about finances, we talked about mindset, we talked about, I don't know, like the the little nitty gritty tips and everything of how to manage everything that's going on. I feel like this is such a value-packed episode. And for anyone who's just starting to hear about these types of topics, I think we really got into really good details. So again, I'm so happy that you're able to come on the show. Why don't you tell us where we can find you and continue to learn from you?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm on social media, just TikTok and Instagram mainly. Uh, my handle is it's Aaron Convertini. So just like I-T-S and then my person last name. Um, but yeah, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram.
0: Yay. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. It means the world to me. And if you have a good rest of your day, anyone listening, if you like this episode, why don't you share it with like a bunch of your friends and like then we can all learn together. Um, and I hope everyone keeps it real as well. So thanks, you guys, for listening, and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Girls, sorry to break the convo, but I have a very exciting announcement. Did you know you could boost your self-confidence and your own happiness through words of affirmation? Now, I'm not asking you to start a staring contest with yourself in the mirror and say I am confident, because let's be honest, I don't even want to do that, and I will do absolutely anything and everything under the sun if it leads to self-growth instead i want to share with you a new way to boost your confidence introducing the keep it real bracelet from little words project your newest wearable reminder to start living and staying authentic while you wear your bracelet all you have to do is take a quick look at your wrists and remind yourself to live life on your own terms while embracing who you truly are no mirrors necessary 25 percent of the proceeds from every purchase go directly back to our nonprofit organization it's a girl's life by supporting little words project and wearing the keep it real bracelet you're helping us create incredible events to teach girls how to become the creators of their own stories right now i'm trying to figure out how to bring it down to college with me so join the movement today and let's make a difference in girls lives everywhere visit littlewarsproject.com and search keep it real and start spreading the kindness to yourself and others today. Link to purchase will also be in the description of this and every episode. Keep it real.